Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Tell me if I understand this right. So best case scenario, the war ends and or COVID kind of gets a little bit more under control and the supply chain issues, they dissipate. Right? And then the Fed will probably lower their or stop hiking rates and keep it, get back to baseline. People are pessimists out there. The war and COVID goes on for a lot longer. And the Fed, in a good way, they guide us to a soft landing where they hike up interest rates. They are meticulously looking at unemployment pops up, but then they catch it at a right, that frequency to land, soft landing. Is that, is that a, you see that happening or? That's the middle case. And then we can talk about the worst case, I guess, later. But is that kind of a good understanding? Yeah. So there, there are two scenarios. There's a really bad case scenario where COVID gets worse and the supply chain bottlenecks get worse and the war spreads and globalization completely breaks down, in which case inflation goes to a much higher level and asset prices lose another 75%. That's the worst case scenario, not to mention potential of world war. So that's the extreme horrible case scenario. The best case scenario is the war in Russia ends tomorrow with a happy ending and the sanctions are all removed from Russia. This is a very unrealistically positive scenario and COVID ends tomorrow and no one else catches COVID and it's all over. And it's a very positive scenario, the positive scenario imaginable. It would still take quite a few more months before the inflation rate is going to come back down just because of the momentum you still have. Things like rents are higher and are going to be factored into the CPI numbers. But in the very positive scenario, then yes, say a year from now, we'll be back. And this is the extreme positive scenario. The year from now, we'll be back where we were in 2019. The Fed can possibly even start cutting interest rates and ending quantitative tightening. Because we got a lot of dry powder at that point. Because right. Rates are but, but the more realistic scenario is somewhere in the middle where not being wildly optimistic or wildly pessimistic, trying to be realistic. This war in Ukraine is not going to end anytime soon. It doesn't appear. And even if it were to end, there's no certainty that the sanctions are going to be removed. And Putin is threatening to essentially cut off not only gas supplies, but oil supplies to now. So we could, even though oil has been a little bit weaker recently, it could, some people fear that it could shoot up to two or even $300 a barrel. That's not impossible if the Putin suddenly decides to stop shipping oil at all. And COVID is not going to end immediately. So what we're likely, the most probable course is somewhere in the middle where the war keeps going, sanctions keep going, COVID keeps sputtering around China and causing some supply chain bottleneck disruptions. But gradually, because of a combination of some of the supply chain bottlenecks being worked out, I mean, for exact. For example, already semiconductor prices are coming down. And as I mentioned already, commodity prices are coming down. So this is good news, but it's going to take some time. The Fed strips out the commodity prices anyway when it looks at the core inflation that it really reacts to. So the most probable scenario is that the Fed is going to continue hiking interest rates probably into the middle of next year. And as it does, inflation will gradually move down in part because improvements on the supply side, but also because of demand destruction on the demand side. As lots of Americans lose their jobs, 
and as more wealth is destroyed. So it's, asset prices have already fallen a lot. NASDAQ is down 30%. And a lot of the stocks in NASDAQ, of course, are down far more than 30%. A lot of wealth has already been destroyed, but the chances are that we haven't seen the bottom yet. It's probable that stock prices will continue to fall and that property prices will join them. And so I think we're in for more pain before, before we get to the other side of this, even in a reasonably good scenario. And in the kind of the worst case scenario, the Fed totally knocks out the economy and goes overboard with the interest rate spikes. The Fed, the economy overreacts to adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine in a way it just goes in a tailspin and it goes into depression mode. Yeah, and there are lots of ways to paint a very bad scenario. The U.S., if the war expands in Europe and the U.S. then decides to impose sanctions on China, the way it's done on Russia, because China's supporting Russia, then globalization would really suffer under that scenario. And we would probably have much higher rates of inflation, which would mean much higher rate interest rates. And of course, much higher interest rates in the U.S. cause not only problems in the U.S., but all around the world. Right now, we have a super dollar. The dollar, there's like a Superman dollar right now. The dollar index has moved up to more than a 20-year high. The euro is about one-to-one -one with the dollar right now. And the yen is at a 30, 24-year low. And normally, when the U.S. dollar gets stronger, it's very bad for the rest of the emerging markets in particular because they have tended to borrow in dollars. And when they have to repay the dollars, it's much more expensive for them to do that. So recall back in the early 80s when Volcker hyped the interest rates to extremely high levels to crush inflation then, that created the third world debt crisis with many of the South American countries defaulting on their debts, which reverberated back to the U.S. banks, which had lent them a lot of money. There was a period when the U.S. banks were in danger of, of going bankrupt because of they'd lent so much money to the South American countries. And, the South American countries couldn't repay it. So high interest rates, you'll start seeing corporate defaults, all the high yield junk bond defaults, emerging market defaults, and a lot of problems just through the very strong dollar. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.